Petrangelo and Eichel play catch out high. Right wing shot, save, rebound, score! Stevenson, power play goals in consecutive games. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marcia Sill, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go. Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Ooh, I got a big surprise for you guys coming up. It's our top five. Normally we do it on Thursday, but things have uh, backed up a little bit and it's pushed uh, last week's top five into this week's top five here on Tuesday. So a surprise, a twist, a... Stunner on the way in my top five goaltenders who I would take on my team to start this season. That's on the way. We also have our one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, a uh, bit of a twist for the Toronto Maple Leafs to kick off this season, and joining the Vancouver Canucks in being without a star player to kick off the schedule. But we Drop the puck in our number two with the Vegas Golden Knights. We will get into the one line that we didn't, finally wrap up with uh, in our number one. We got through all the players except for uh, that line of uh, Mananen last night uh, that uh, was uh, so uh, at times uh, captivating. Uh, we'll get into his performance uh, last night and what he has to he has to offer going forward. Uh, just, uh, just a player that has so much good vibes about it and whether or not he can actually make this work. It was it was our first time seeing him on the ice. I uh, also want to get into uh, Paul Cotter as well as uh, the shootout, the 14-round shootout uh, that we witnessed. Uh, but uh, Bruce Cassidy had some things to say last night as well, so we're going to hear from uh, the head coach. Uh, that, that, that line, the, the one line that we haven't talked about, um, mm-hmm. they did some good things last night. Yeah, I, I thought that that line was, was good, too. Like, I, I didn't look at the Golden Knights top to bottom and think that there were uh, any pedestrians or, or, you know, some lackluster performances. As far as, like, you know, Sakari man and it goes, like, I, I thought he had a, a good game. I thought he grew, got better kind of as the game went along. Obviously, uh, in that 14-round shootout, you, you got a, a sense of just how good his release is, just how good his shot is uh, at, at this level. Um, but you know there were there were some really good plays that he made. The the give and go with Shea Theodore earlier on in the game. There were some plays on the power play in the bumper spot where you know he made quick decisions, got pucks to the net uh, in in a, in quick fashion. And um, for me, his ability to initiate contact with defenders in close quarters um, and then come out the other side, he knows how to play with his frame and get to the areas he needs to get to. I, I thought it was a good showing from uh, from Mananen. Um, Gage Quinney it, it was was solid as well. And, you know, you, you brought up uh, Sheldon Rempel. Like, he had some moments too. There were some some really good offensive looks for Rempel in the game. So, uh, you know, top to bottom, that line was good. Well, Mananen, he's what, 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, yeah. uh, yeah. You've got uh, a youngster in high school right now, Chapman. Uh, let's bring you in here. Uh when when are people like five seven like fourteen? 
15? Oh, my kid is going to be 15 in November. He is taller than 5'7". So, I'm yeah, okay, guessing so, he probably was there maybe about a year and a half ago. So Mennonin's been uh, below the average uh, since he was 14 years old. He's had time to get used to this. And, and with his skill level and learning how to play that way, uh, it's, it's a, a real credit for him because he's been the smallest guy on the ice for half his life. Basically, is is what I'm trying to to break down to you. Uh, impressive, uh, what he's able to do. I'll I'll go back to uh, the day that I was on the ice at the media day, uh, with with uh, Gordon, uh, doing some TikTok videos, and and I was just a net, and guys were coming down while they were waiting to get the picture taken, and they were they would uh, do some breakaways and some some little trick plays on on me, and right away, Manon and shot, and I told you guys when it happened, I said. Like, there was something different about that, and we saw it last night in the in the in the shootout where it just zipped, and it, it surprised Phoenix Copley. Uh, so that, on top of the fact that he seems to be in the right spot every time when he's on the ice in a five-on-five situation, gives me more confidence that we might see a lot of this player this year. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I I, I certainly want to see him in more preseason games. I do think that as as preseason wears on, obviously Manon right now is playing down the middle, but I, I do want to see him a game or two on the wing because that's where he's going to have the best chance to kind of break through in this lineup. The Golden Knights, when you look at them uh, one through four down the middle, uh, they are stacked there. You're not going to supplant one of the centers on this team, but I, I want to get a look of Sakari Manon on the wing down the stretch here, but I, I think that, you know, as he gets more comfortable, um, he's going to make an impact. I, I just think there's something about the player, the mindset that he brings to the game. Uh, you know, you and I had that chat with him. I, I like him. I'm I'm rooting for him to do well, so I'm very curious to see what, what comes of that. Uh, fresh off the old Twitter. You guys watch it? Yeah, I'm, I'm about to tweet it out right now. Are you? We, we got news. From the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, this is an off day with the Vegas Golden Knights before going back to the ice tomorrow against the Colorado Avalanche. And the Golden Knights have uh, used this off day to make some roster transactions. And they have trimmed those involved in the 2022-23 training camp. Wallace, do you want to run down this list for us? Yeah, so forwards Colt Conrad, Daniel D'Amato, Connor Ford, Patrick Gay, Marcus Kalian-Kili, Kyle Marino, Linda McCallum, Mason Primo, and Alex Swetlikoff. Connor Corcoran, defenseman Connor Corcoran, Peter Dilibatori, and goaltenders Jordan Papirny and Isaiah Seville have been assigned to the Henderson Silver Knights of the American Hockey League. Defenseman William Rydell has been released from his NHL professional tryout agreement. And forwards Jordan Gustafson, Ben Hemmerling, and Matthias Sapovalov. Defenseman Arthur Kolach and Joe Fleming and goaltender Jesper Vickman have been assigned to their respective junior teams. So uh, Sapovalov, uh, the first pick in this year's draft, uh, goes mm-hmm. back to his junior team. But this this knocks it down to a more workable group, but also gave a, a number of these players an opportunity to, to get into some preseason action as well as be around uh, the prospect camp and then uh, the start of uh, training camp. Patrick Gay, I, I like watching him in yeah. all the workouts. Yeah. I'm going to miss uh, uh, seeing him uh, up with the Vegas Golden Knights, but uh, assigned to the Henderson Silver Knights. And then 
uh, Jesper Vickman, I thought had a had a great prospect camp, and uh, the main camp was uh, a, an opportunity to just learn, and I think he will take that back to him uh, with the with the Vancouver Giants uh, of the uh, Western Hockey League. Uh, Vickman, uh, the goaltender, uh, Joel Fleming, he's just mm-hmm. a personality man. Like, yeah, yeah, are, he is. Are, are we going to be uh, checking out that guy uh, all year or what? <laughs> I, I'm going to keep a, a watchful eye on Joe Fleming. I'll tell you that for sure because uh, he he is one of those uh, characters. It, it does trim the roster for the Golden Knights by 20 players. That's that's my unofficial count at this point. Uh, trying to keep uh, uh, an ear out for what you were saying, but also looking to count everything up. So uh, 20 different players. Um, in that first round of cuts for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, it started with 63, so uh, now you're down to a workable number. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see what happens with the last five games of the National Hockey League preseason. I would expect that you I'm, – I'm just you, – you read these gaps in the preseason or what would make it logical uh, for when transaction would start. And, and I'm talking about more group-style uh transactions so we've got uh we've got the big number because they don't want to keep the the junior kids too long because their junior teams are up and running now uh these are the star players of these organizations so there's some uh respect going there towards those organizations in in the league so uh you you can see it happening here everybody's around for the start of camp a couple of preseason games and then you cut that roster down uh we've got uh games on wednesday and friday this week Uh, we have a four pack of tickets for friday's game that are available mm-hmm. at some point this hour too. Uh, so Ooh. the the games Wednesday and Friday, and then there's a gap uh, for the team. I would anticipate maybe more transactions, the next transactions uh, on the weekend, early in the weekend, and then you then you get into the area of people really on the bubble. Uh, you're yeah. going to get down to that. Once once you get into the 20s, uh, the the mid to high 20s, 27, uh, 28-ish, uh, guys are, are in whatever position, you're really starting to battle for numbers, and I think that uh, that will probably happen uh, early next week in and around, uh, in and around there. So uh, a lot of uh, transactions. You can go to the VegasGoldenKnights.com uh, or the VGK Twitter account and, and check that out if, uh, if you missed any of those names or uh, just uh, – Load the, uh, load the podcast, and and run it back yeah. to you. Yeah, that's uh, that okay. works. But I knew I knew Wallace would have mm-hmm. the the Twitter on. Oh, of course. Well, I I mean I didn't I didn't get it from Twitter, but I I made sure to get it on Twitter as quickly as possible. At Golden Knights uh, on Twitter, uh, or Ryan the Hockey Guy has just tweeted it out uh, as well. So uh, check that out. Uh, we've got some sound. From last night uh, that I want to get to and make sure that uh, that we're up to date on because I've been promising this uh, since the start of the show <laughs> and uh, it's it's uh, we're not going to run last night's sound a lot. This is uh, just a unique situation and what Bruce Cassidy watched and was able to absorb from that new look line of Jack Eichel, Riley Smith, and Phil Kessel. Here's the coach. A good chemistry, obviously, made a nice play in the first goal, <coughs> board battle, um, which I thought was when we were going well. We, we won our board battles. Um, Smitty makes the play, they support it well, and they get an odd man rush. They can zone there, reading off each other well. A um, couple of the power plays, they made some some down in, that down-in play to Smitty in the second period. Uh, Michael off the post, 
it had a good couple of good sequences. So again, um, a new combination that certainly guys with high hockey IQ will get better and better on that. Um, and we'll build on the things they you know they need to do. You know, if we happen to keep them together, um, to be good uh, in the ozone as well. Because I know on the rush, up, you know, just you know, all the previous histories are going to be really good there. And, you know, how's that translating into the ozone? And, because none of them have really ever been a true net presence, and I think there's times you need that. So that that'll be the discussion if if it breaks down, if it should break down there. That last part grabbed me right away when when I was yeah. listening to Bruce talk. It uh, it's something that doesn't necessarily jump out at you when you're putting together lines, but uh, that greasy part of of having. Uh, the opportunity to take away the goalie's eyes or tie up a defenseman or just uh, cause some havoc in front of that is pretty important. Yeah, and I think that, you know, if you're if you're looking at the, the makeup of that line and, and, you know, it's interesting because, as Bruce says, none of the three have, have traditionally been that guy, but, you know, it, it kind of leads you to wonder who might it be. Like, we've talked about who's going to be the shooter on this line. Um, it... it you know, to me, I, I I don't know who I'd peg immediately as as kind of that guy. I, part of me wants to say Riley Smith because I feel like, you know, if if Riley's able to get there, there's going to be a lot of points there for him for the taking. But, um, you know, Jack's size and his ability and tight in his hands, uh, it'll be interesting to see if that's where they go and who is the guy uh, that's kind of tasked with that role. Oh, Riley would be the guy by default. Yeah, Phil's not doing it. I don't want Jack there. Uh, so it's Riley's job by default. To I don't know. Soon. Jack almost scored a, a deflection goal late in the game. Yeah. Uh, net front presence, uh, shot going about a foot wide of the uh, of the, the far post. He deflects it coming back toward the near post. Like he, he, he his hands in that in that area, oh. what he's able to do there. Absolutely. They're they're silky. It's that was a different situation. Net uh, empty and all, making making a big push about it. Uh, Paul Cotter was uh, noticeable again last night. So let's hear from Cotter first on uh, on his game last night, and then we'll get into Bruce Cassidy on uh, on Paul Cotter. But uh, this is uh, this is Paul Cotter on playing two nights in a row. I think it's important. It uh, obviously felt good when I saw the roster and my name is on it. So. Um, I think it's just the start with a few of us. There's a lot of guys that uh, are kind of on the fringe of making the team, so it was good. I think uh, the more opportunity I get, the more I can show what I can do, so I was excited to be uh, going on night two. He was good again, and boy, did he have the game on his stick, and Phoenix Copley Mm -hmm. made an outstanding (laughs) save, and even when he was sliding on his knees, twirling around, one of those cool uh, shots on on television last night, Cotter was was witness saying just, wow. Like, he he thought he'd scored. He thought he'd made that good of a move, and then he went out in the shootout. And and made that mm-hmm. uh, fabulous move with his hands. I I've witnessed it in practice. He is a guy that loves the shootout, and that's stick handling. He can't get enough of it. Uh, here's his head coach on Paul Cotter's second game. Well, Paul was good again. Uh, had the game winning goal on the stick. There pops out of the corner in the third period. Five on five stuff, right? He wasn't on the power play tonight. We gave other guys an opportunity. Still found ways to to be a threat offensively. I believe he led our team in hits again. Um, you know, those are some of the things he needs to bring, some physicality and some five-on-five offense, and then see where it goes from there if there's more for him. But uh, you know, he's answered both games. So I suspect we'll see more of Paul here going forward, and, and he's certainly earned that. The line 
I think Jake and, and Ronnie play their game well. Uh, they're on pucks. They they create offense in different ways than maybe the Eichel, you know, than the Eichel, you know, what they're not, they're more of a natural line rush. These guys know they have to, go, you know, play behind teams, go get it, win foot races. And I think they've done a good job in training camp. We split them up yesterday. They're back together today, and you know they, they've they've spent time in Henderson, right? So you know they're that's part of it when you have a good team. You know they they get their seasoning, and at some point they, they push through. And and is this the year? You know, or could very well be. You know, it'd be great to have some of those deci- tough decisions to make. Because um, but so far so good. You could see in listening to Bruce Cassidy. The likes of Paul Cotter playing six of the seven. Uh, Ron Beard, mm-hmm. Lestition, playing five, six of the seven. If they're making that big of a point, remember Peyton Krebs played all seven last year? Uh, part of that was due to injuries uh, throughout the lineup and, and supplementing. But uh, there's nothing says that you can't play five, six of, of seven games that are available if you're trying to make a push uh, for, for this team. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Paul Cotter, I think that my goal, if I'm Jake LeCision and Jonas Romberg, my goal is to play as many preseason games as I can because that means I'm doing a lot of the right things to in order to make this team. And Yeah, they want another know, look. The idea. Yeah, you want you want one more opportunity, one more chance, one more um, shift or, or game to show what you can do and, and that this can be something you can consistently deliver uh, at this level, especially – as teams get closer and closer to the regular season and you're getting more and more NHL-ready lineups toward the end of preseason, that's going to be important too. So, um, you know, the the idea that Bruce Cassidy last night left it open, it'd be nice to have difficult decisions. I, I think that this might be the year where some of those, those fringe um, bubble-type decisions are going to be the most difficult they've been in a long time. We had a twist last night at the end of the game, and it kind of started probably three, four <laughs> years ago, and I'm talking uh, before COVID, uh, where teams would play a game, and at the end of the game, when the result was determined, the yep. clubs would still stay on the ice, and they would compete in a shootout. And that's right. for by the coaches who want to get the look at their goalies and their and their players and, and go through that uh, in, in a more formal situation. I, I've been part of broadcasts where we didn't know what was going to happen, and then it just, oh, they're staying out, and the public address announcer uh, lets us know. So last night was the same thing. Uh, the game ends in overtime, and then Bruce Cusa comes on and says uh, the teams are now going to take part in, in, a, in a shootout. Now, here's the weird thing about it is we weren't the only ones that were caught off guard by this. Mm-hmm. The Vegas coaching staff had gone down the tunnel. They were gone to the dressing room, and... Mm-hmm. The players got word from the announcement and the referees that uh, that they were going to take part in a shootout. No coaches. Mm-hmm. Vegas shoots first. The players said, "Brisson, get out there." That <laughs> that's how Brendan got out there. The the player nice. now then the coaches came back and they they made the call the rest of the way. But it's kind of cool that the players all said, "Brendan." You're, you're the first shooter because uh, everybody was so uh, caught up by this. Now, why was everybody caught off uh, guard by this? There, there was communication. The referees came over, and they talked to Bruce Cassidy, and overtime was starting. And there's not even a guarantee that you're going to play overtime, to be honest, Ryan. It's not in the rule book of the NHL right. preseason. Well, the rule book's a little lax anyway, uh, loose. You don't have to play overtime. 
but the referee came over and said, uh, "Do you want the shootout?" And that's when overtime was starting. And 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 Bruce uh, was well, yeah. Like if if the game's still tied, we'll go to a shootout. He was he didn't know he was being asked. Do you still want to do the shootout <laughs> after the game ends? Yeah. So yeah. he was answering a different question than the referee thought sure. he was asking. So when the game ended, Bruce thought, well, we're not going to the shootout because the game's over. We'll, 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 we'll head down the hallway. So that's, that's the way things all came about last night in, in a weird, winding uh, way. And as we saw, it went 14 rounds. Best effort was Paul Cotter with those hands back and forth. The most mm-hmm. uh, unique shot was Phil Kessel with the change-up. And that was a planned, practiced, executed changeup. And Braden McNabb has it too. He tried it last night. He scored in game, not in a shootout, but in game with his changeup. I don't know how he does it. I've watched him up close. I don't know how he does it. Phil's the best I've ever seen at at throwing a changeup at a goaltender. It is baffling. Uh, and then you saw the slapper goal by Alex Petrangelo just coming down and burying his head and saying. <laughs> Uh, when was the last time uh, we, we, we saw one of those? It's been a couple of years. Yeah, I, not since Corey Perry. Um, no, listen, I, 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 14 rounds is a lot of rounds in a shootout that does not count for the extra point in the standings, right? Like um, the, the overtime victory for the Los Angeles Kings amounts to the same amount of standings points as the shootout win for the Vegas Golden Knights. That all being said... There was drama. There was intrigue. There were moments for Aiden Hill to kind of, you know, stand on his head a bit. Um, and the fact that it's ended on an Alex Petrangelo slap shot from the hash marks and then an Aiden Hill diving poke check save, it, 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 was, it, it was a nice way to end the evening. That's all I'll say. I was trying to figure out going home who mm-hmm. felt the best about that last night. Like, Copley loses. Hill had lost in <laughs> overtime. Does that bail himself out because it went 14? So I think that's a wash between the two yeah. net miners. Uh, Cotter feels great because he scored. Uh, the The likes of Phil Kessel was just having some fun. Uh, yeah. Kempe, because he won the game in overtime, does does he feel the best? Uh, he didn't score in the shootout, did he? Uh, I think he um, missed. No, I, I mean – if you're looking for a player that probably felt the best on L.A., it would be one of two, Kevin Fiala and Brant Clark. I, I thought those two were really good last night for the Kings. It was uh, it was a baffling one, uh, and it ends up being not worth a hill of beans. Uh, they'll do it for real, though, uh, on, on opening night. Uh, I'm going to save my top five goalies for the next segment for one-timers. So I can do it all okay. at once if I can do that. And there's some uh, some injury news to tell you about. We'll take a break and we'll come back with news and notes around the National Hockey League. But before we go, give us a call. 876-1340. 702-876-1340. We will take caller number three for a four-pack of tickets to Friday night's game against the San Jose Sharks uh, preseason game at the Fortress. Caller number three to 702 876 one three four zero. Back with one timers right after this. Maybe a two on one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one timers. One timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show.
Oh, players who have contracts coming up in the next couple of years are salivating with a report for Elliot Friedman that the NHL has begun notifying teams, preparing clubs, of a sharp salary cap increase in the next three seasons. Here is the way it's expected to play out. Next year, the same $1 million incremental climb, putting the salary cap at $83.5 million. The year after that, once they're all caught up from COVID and escrow and so forth, and and the players paying uh, back their share, the salary cap is expected to rise four to five million dollars. That's huge. It's been going up a million dollars last three years. Four to five million in one year, and then the next year, in twenty five twenty six, another four to five million dollars. Huge growth in the next four years, potentially. $11 million in growth over the next uh, three years. So if you're up, you could capitalize on that because we know teams uh, spend through the limit. So that uh, that is another sign that things are really, really good on the financial side, the business side of the National Hockey League. Oh, that next Austin Matthews contract is going to be something. Yeah, will Nathan McKinnon at $12.6 million still be the highest paid player on an AAV in three years? Doesn't sound like it. No, he he won't be. Um, It'll be Austin Matthews, and then I believe McDavid is up after Matthews, so then it'll be Connor McDavid. Like We we kind of know the the natural progression of how these things are going to go, but... uh, Advice to Jason Robertson with this information? Take a bridge. Yep. Take Sign. a bridge. Get back and then capitalize on it. Yeah. I love the yep. leapfrog game that uh, Connor McDavid and uh, company. When you can be the highest paid player in the game twice, that's yeah. pretty good. I like that. Uh, Jacob bad. Melanson of the Seattle Kraken is the first player suspended this year by the Department of Player Safety Department. Uh, he's uh, been suspended for two games for the legal check of the head last night. He satisfied both parts of the uh, check to the head punishment, uh, primary point of contact, and uh, the head was avail- uh, avoidable. So he will serve uh, two-game suspension. He- he's a junior player. Uh, who's got junior eligibility left. So these are regular season games. It doesn't say it in the release, but I assume they're regular season games. So when he is called up to the National Hockey League or makes the National Hockey League team, he will have to serve those two games. Unless they keep him around for the start of the season, guys, they can do that and serve those two games at the start of the season and then send him back. The problem with that is the Kraken are really up against it when it comes to waivers, so they'd have to put sure. an extra person through waivers uh, if if uh, they they went that route, and then you're taking a chance of, of losing that player to somebody else. Yeah, to me, it I don't know that it would be worth it, um, so I, I would just kind of kick the can down the road and, and deal with it uh, uh, when you have to. John Tavares. He is out uh, for the start of the season for the Toronto Maple Leafs with an oblique injury. They're talking about three weeks. Uh, that's disappointing news uh, from uh, John Tavares' standpoint. He's already taken so much heat because of his contract. 
Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough break for, for John Tavares. Um, I understand, I guess, the, the idea of taking so much heat for the contract, but lest we forget how much Toronto fans wanted John Tavares when he was the hot, unrestricted free agent on the market, and they were stoked to get him. And, like, the aging curves and understanding all those things, it, it should kind of, you know, come into, into mind when you're excited about a player that's, you know, entering the back half of his career and you're paying him uh, a, a lot of money. So I, I, I don't have much sympathy for Toronto fans that are mad John Tavares signed on the dotted line to play for their hockey club. Spencer Knight of the Florida Panthers has agreed to terms on a three-year contract. Financial terms not disclosed. I'll get to the numbers in a second because they're always disclosed. Thank you. Uh, somewhere you. else. Uh, so this is, this is the deal with uh, with Spencer. Uh, he uh, he's going to give the Florida Panthers a situation where they're going to be paying a lot of money, a lot of money mm-hmm. in goal. And I kind of i I like the idea that they went down this road uh, with with Spencer because uh, they 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 head off a potential like crazy year this year where he goes out and and kills it and then they're then they're really up against it so uh, it's going to carry an average salary of 4.5 million dollars for the three years it kicks in next year so this is a year early uh for spencer martin but if he goes out and he and he just knocks the socks off this year they're going to be in a position where they're going to have to pay uh five six million they can't do that because they're already paying sergey bobrovsky 10 million dollars Starting next year, the Florida Panthers' cap hit in goal will be $14.5 million. That's an mm-hmm. NHL record. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That, invested into a position where only one guy can play at a time. Uh, I heard that the Florida Panthers were willing to uh, listen to potential trade opportunities for Sergei Bobrovsky this summer. Mm-hmm. But... They were telling teams that they would have to take half of the $10 million. And there was no takers. Well, and that, you're going to have to find a third team. Yeah, that's not all on, on Sergey. That's the, the contract. That's not a total yeah. commentary on, on yeah. Bobrovsky, two-time Vezin Trophy winner, uh, of course. But, uh, but, boy, we put those two together where he hasn't been uh, at his Vezin Trophy form the last couple of years. Better last year, but uh, not totally on yeah. form. And then the $10 million. You are up against it. i got to get to it here. Uh, my top five goaltenders. Normally do this on Thursday, but uh, my top five this week is goaltenders. And I am going to work from top down. When I do a top five, nine times out of ten, I'll go five, four, three, two, and big suspense at number one. There's no suspense at number one with, with goaltenders. These are the goaltenders that I would take in order if I was playing one game winner take all, for uh, a seven-game series to, to win the Stanley Cup, this is not for just the regular season. All right? Okay. I want to want to preference that uh, before we get into it because you're going to have a lot of questions, uh, if not. Yeah. Number one, Andre Vasilevsky, the southpaw-turned-left-handed uh, catcher, two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Tampa Bay Lightning. No-brainer. Okay. I don't think even that need to comment on that. Sergei Shosturkin is next. Uh, Shosturkin, New York Rangers, uh, he is the heir apparent. Uh, can he push Vasilevsky uh, year after year? I don't know, mm-hmm. but boy, is he ever good. 
I love what he did last year. Number three, Thatcher Demko of the Vancouver Canucks. I think he's reached that level where he is third on my list when it comes to would I take who would I take if I needed to win that game. Number four, a Vezina Trophy winner. I'm not a big fan of how he plays the game. I'll be honest. I find it a little clunky, but he's a workhorse, and he stops the puck, and that's Connor Hellebuck uh, of the Winnipeg Jets. Those are my top five when it comes to who I would take in a winner-take-all, a best-of-seven to win the Stanley Cup. Those are my top five. Can I just say one thing? Yes. Your assessment of Connor Hellebuck is fantastic. Yes. So do you notice what's wrong with what's unique about my top five? You don't have a fifth. Right. Because I think there is a pasture full of really good goalies (laughs) in the National Hockey League. But nobody that I would necessarily put all my eggs in one basket of. Jeremy uh, Swayman, Jeremy Swayman, I think is out. is really really good, and and yeah. I think Jeremy Swayman is going to be a star. Hold on, whoa, 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 Jake whoa, whoa, Ottinger hold on, hold on. of the Dallas Stars is going to be yeah. a stud. He's done it one year. I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Markstrom, Markstrom uh, in, in in Calgary. Uh, John Gibson yeah. has shown flashes like first halves. Uh, Jordan Binnington, uh, I love. I know you don't like him, but but I. No, there's I, a lot I, of. I was going to say. Why not Jordan Binnington, your guy? There's all these guys who I think are really good, who who I think can have great seasons uh-huh. and really good seasons, but they aren't at the level of one game, winner take all, win the Stanley Cup. And at this stage, I'm sorry, I only have four guys in the league that I would put into that category. That's my yeah, choice. That's a cop out. You got. You can't have a top five without five. You just. I'm sorry, you can't. Well, I. If you we should have called me, it the top four. It would we we, we, we could have done this at four o'clock then, Darren. Like it's top five for a reason. We do it at five o'clock. Therefore, you have to come up with a fifth. You you, uh, you didn't know sign me Martin then. Broder if you want for a day and put him in here. I don't no, care. You didn't Give know me, me back name. in the day, but I was terrible at math as a student. You, so you anybody can count all to five right? all my all my How buddies many fingers are on your hands. All my buddies would say right now, that's ah, just Mallard being Mallard. He's just no, terrible no, 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 at math. No, no, so no, no, I'm, no. I'm going to settle no. with it. But the, but that's Vasilevsky, Shosturkin, oh. Demko, Hellebuck, and then there's everybody else. Such a cop-out. And I can't even tell you for sure that the Vesna Trophy will come from my top four. It's likely. I can, t- I, I can tell you for sure that the Vesna Trophy is going to come from your four. I can tell you for sure. You think I, so? Eh? If it were me, and and I'll give you know I'll give the people what they want because you're you're too afraid to do it, I guess. Um, Jacob Markstrom would be my fifth. If I'm going to put a fifth onto this list, I think Jacob Markstrom with with the Calgary Flames and and the way that Daryl Sutter has that team going. Jacob Markstrom had a phenomenal year last year. I think he is is primed to do the same thing this year. Um, I, I think he's probably the second best goaltender in the Pacific Division behind Thatcher Demko. So I'll, I'll give the nod to Jacob Markstrom since you won't do uh, the the exercise correctly and will not and refuse to submit a fifth name. Markstrom was great last year. He was awesome. Except the year before, he was way off his game. And well, okay. I, I'm holding him accountable to that. 
And so, okay. and right, Demko's breakout so, year was because Markstrom wasn't available. Sure. But, like, okay, so the thing with Demko that I, like, I'm with you in that I think he's really good. But, like, is Thatcher Demko closer to an Igor Shesterkin and an Andre Vasilevsky than he is to, say, a John Gibson, a phenomenal goaltender on traditionally poor teams where uh, you're getting a ton of shots, you're, you're, you're facing so much, and, and your numbers are great because of the volume that you're seeing? And I'm not saying that it is. I'm just asking the question. Yeah, I think he, I think he's he's more elite. I do. Uh, Gibson Gibson's a, a great goalie, flash goalie, but his more, second more half. elite than more yeah. elite than Markstrom. Uh, Demko, yeah, I would take yeah. I would take Demko. Uh, and Hellebuck uh, again, he's big guy, big body, a little awkward uh, at times, uh, but that's not not his fault. He's, he stops the puck. No, yeah. no Mark Andre Fleury. Okay, he's part of the guys in the pasture. A lot of great go- great goalies, good to great goaltenders. I cannot believe you won't put a fifth name on here. No. Uh, Fleur- Fleury's, last, Fleury's this great. This is the last time you do a top five list, I'm telling you. Put like, my own just, just for context. Put my just own for context. Yes. Darren came to me and said, I want to do the top five when it comes to goalies. I want to do it. I want to do it. You've had a week, a week to yeah. submit five names. And you come in with an incomplete. My goodness. You know what I was thinking of? Mm. If I was going to pick a goalie from the past who I'd take in my top five. If you don't say Dominic Hasek, we're not friends. I was going to say Reggie Lemelin, Al Jensen. Uh, you could go Bob Mason. I was a big Pete Peters fan back in the day. Tom Barrasso. I have one of his game use sticks at home. Uh... But uh, but I love Grant Fuhr. That's who I would I would put in my top five. Carter Hart. He was supposed to be in this. He's not even close. Sour with that. I'm not happy with that. Uh, those are your uh, one timers for this Tuesday, September fifth, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So, uh, U.S. men's national team, another disappointing performance. With soccer? Yes, soccer. Uh, Today, they draw. Hi, Darren. Nil-nil with Saudi Arabia. This comes on the heels of being spanked by Japan on to, on Friday, last two warm-ups for the U.S. before the World Cup, which gets underway in 54 days. Uh, not looking good for the United States. And uh, a little Canadian fact about the World Cup. So Nike is the jersey maker for Team Canada. Darren, did you see this story? So Nike did not think that Canada was going to make the World Cup. So they did Hold on, Chapman. Yes. Chapman. Yes. Chapman. Allow Darren to respond. Darren, did you see this story? <laughs> yes. Oh, all right. So I'll, I'll tell you, Ryan, because we get to bag on Canada. So Nike did not think that Canada was going to be good enough to make the World Cup. So they didn't even bother to make them jerseys for the World Cup. They were like, nah, you could just use the old ones that you've been wearing for qualifying because we didn't think you were going to be good enough. So uh, Stop giggling at that. It's funny. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's hysterical. It's really funny. It is funny. It's like, 
<laughs> and you know what? I hope Canada goes to the World oh. Cup and and they prove that Nike was right and they shouldn't have gotten new jerseys because apparently they're they're becoming a new rival to the United States in soccer. So uh, another team to root against in Concacaf. But uh, yeah, I thought thought that was pretty funny. And uh, real quick, you mentioned Chapman, there's yes, there's so many abbreviations you're throwing my way. Abbrevi- explain explain all of this to me like so, I'm five. So Concacaf is the group that the United States, Canada, Mexico a bunch of the Caribbean countries, Central American countries. That's like their qualifying group for the World Cup. When they have the Gold okay. Cup here, they had the finals here a couple of years ago in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. It was the CONCACAF Gold Cup, and it's basically like a tournament of all the teams in North and Central America. Um, and so the United States, Canada, Mexico, they, they're they the three best teams right now. Costa Rica in there as well. But... Uh, I've always rooted against Mexico just because they've been the United States' biggest You're rival. You distracted here. You got way distracted. No, no, no. Like, what's what's the most important cup to win? The World Cup. The World Cup. Yes. Okay. It's like it's then, like then, then the Stanley Cup. Th- then what? <laughs> yeah. For the United States, after the World Cup, probably the Gold Cup. Gold Cup. Yeah. Or the Confederations or the, Cup, I guess, ah, would be the, important. The Olympics. What, what is this? What is, this is this is my issue with soccer. <laughs> yes. I, I don't understand. What games are being played for what leagues and what qualifiers are happening for which trophies and tournaments? Like, it's too confusing for me, Chapman. I don't I, understand uh, it. You know, if you put just a little bit of work into it, it I becomes kind of kind of like creating a top five. If you just put a little bit of work yeah, into I put it, you could work into it. You could come, come up, up with a, with a top five <laughs> for a goalie. Like, you, <laughs> could, <laughs> you, you could just put it out there. You should have the put you should have put Pete Peters in there because uh, the the start <sighs> to his career. Was really cool. What, like, what is it? Like, start uh, thirty games without losing in his his first thirty starts. Yeah. Well, it was something ridiculous. The like laziest that. thing would have been just throwing a name in there. No, I can't. No, 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 I, you no, got to no, earn no. your way into my top five, no, fellas. No. See, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. You could have just as simply been like, "Hey, I don't I don't trust anybody here, so I'm going to go back into." Uh, the NHL rule book or the history book or whatever, I'm just going to throw in a, a Hall of Famer, whether no. it be Patrick Waugh, whether it be uh, Tom Barrasso, whether no. it be Grant Fuhrer. Like, that would have yeah. been the good thing to do, so you yeah. had five names. But it's just an incomplete. Mr. Feeney would have been so disappointed. I'm <laughs> I don't telling even you know right who now. Mr. Feeney is. Who's Mr. Feeney? Oh, he has no clue. He has no, no clue. I have so no clue okay. either. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah you do. You're, no. make, you're making fun of us all, and is now, that boy you, meets now you world? feel bad. It is Boy Meets World. Okay. You did know. No, I just I just Come guessed. On. I didn't know. I, I guessed. You don't have to be ashamed that you know. It's I didn't know. I only know, to, know. I don't even I know the name of I don't even know the name of even... Boy on that show. I thought it was the teacher from Ferris Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. Ben Stein. Bueller. <laughs> Darren, you're in your mid seventies. You wouldn't understand. Or, or Fast Times at Richmond High. You guys ever see that one? Oh, I love that. That's Chapman one of my favorite movies. The, Mr. The, the Hand. best thing about this show, ladies and gentlemen, is that if you could just have an ear out for the side conversation, <laughs> you know that Chris Chapman has a difficult time understanding time and math. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I have seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High many, 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 many times. You know, one day I'm going to have a, when you guys are both in studio, maybe I should have a pizza delivery guy just show up with a pizza for me. A la Spicoli. All right, all right, all right. Spicoli. So good. I love it. You guys, um, you know what? You want to uh, give everybody a free pass into your 35 and your top five? That's fine with me, but for me, 
you got to earn your way in. We'll talk to you tomorrow from T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas.